Welcome back to the Four Pillars of Hell podcast, um, where today we have Leah Punch. Um, so I'm very, like I was saying at the start of this, I'm very kind of nerdy around the, the whole topic at the moment. So you you went through um, just a gastric bypass surgery um, and like I'd love to kind of learn a lot more about that, like the, the process of it and, and how like you how you got to, to that stage in terms of um, approaching just the, the whole kind of surgery. Um, so just do you want to kind of give a little bit of a background um, on yourself and, and who you are? Yeah, so I am 31. I'm from Cork. Um, so basically my background, I would have suffered with obesity from a very young age. I think around communion age was when I first kind of noticed that I would have been heavier than your know, children in school. Um, so I remember trying to get a communion dress, you know, I struggled to get something to fit me. Um, so I suppose weight was just an issue and like my approach towards food, you know, I just I always remember being hungry. Um, and like back then, I suppose, you know, we my our parents weren't taught about nutrition, you know, you sit at the kitchen table and you don't leave till you eat all your food. And that could be full of potatoes, you know, carbs with bread and your meat and, you know, they don't want you going hungry either. Um, but I suppose my weight was escalating and I was brought to like dietitians from like around the age of around 11 or 12. Um, so I was actually put on milkshake diets um, through like my GP and things. Um, and then it kind of went on to teenage years. I actually left school when I was 15. Um, just couldn't really cope at the time. Just, just needed it out. Could have been a lot to do my weight as well. Um, so I actually went to like um, a FOSS and I actually done a PT course. Um, so I actually lost a bit of weight doing that because we were exercising every day, really enjoyed it. Um, but then I suppose I was hitting kind of 17, got a car, started drinking. So I was like having dinner at home, like having my meals and then oh, the weekends drinking. And then I was driving. So we were going say, to McDonald's and eating, you know, a large meal and a McFlurry after eating, you know, all my food during the day. So, like, I think my late teens, I was about, I was hovering between 15 and 17 stone. So that was, like, my norm. Um, I'd lose a stone, back up, but that's where I kind of was at. Um, I the, then... I, I just want to say, just, like, around the, the kind of school um, side of things and the teenage years, like, um, like was it difficult in school and, like, like being kind of put on, on the diets, even from, like, a dietitian's perspective, like... Was, was that hard on you mentally? Very hard. Like, looking back, you know, there was no supports back then, you know. it's It was kind of more so, oh, you need to do this. I need to move more. Like, I would have been very active. I used an Irish dancing. I used to win all medals. I played hurling, well, camogie, Gaelic football. I played sports the whole way through primary school and secondary school. Um, so it wasn't a case of, like, I was lazy because I actually never stopped. But it was actually, I was obviously overeating. You know, I couldn't, I was eating too much calories, basically. Um, but I just couldn't stop. I basically felt like, what I what I say, it felt like it was just like an empty wheelie bin and you could just keep eating. There was like no switch off point. So like in school, I would have been very confident and, you know, obviously people make remarks and, you know, it hurts. Like, you know, it is upsetting, but I kind of got through it. Um, thank God I was a strong person because, not everyone is like me. Um, but like I it was always a thing I'd speak about at home, you know, mom, I you know, I want to lose weight. 
and it was hard for my parents to even watch me then you know as well um like my parents kind of separated then as well so I don't know it was food kind of a thing that I like looking back is like a coping mechanism I used to use it for uh, the more I'm in my journey but I speak about that properly later um so then I went on early 20s same carry on sure it was in the prime then I was I actually went to Australia when I was 19 for a year and um, had an absolute ball but my ball was out nighttime drinking like I when I look back I'm like oh my god I didn't even get to experience the whole go down to the beach and actually live it up properly because I was hiding I just wasn't able um so I ended up um, getting pregnant when I was 21 and I didn't know I was pregnant until I was six and a half months pregnant. All my tests were like negative and it was a bit weird actually when I think back of it. Um, so I didn't have my son and I actually ended up in intensive care the week after he was born. So I had septicemia. Um, so my lungs are failing. I was put into ICU. I was on a full ventilator. So that's when shit hit the fan, basically. I was 18 and a half stone due on my son. Um and I came out of intensive care and hospital like four weeks later and I was like 16 and a half stones they come out of hospital because I was obviously on a drift and things so I kind of felt good but I wasn't good um I suffered severe postnatal depression severe post uh, traumatic distress um so like that's when the food then really took over like my wound was over my c-section for like six months so I was back and forth to hospital and I just wasn't able to get out of bed I was completely not drained and then try and look after a baby. I was just, you know, not eating all day, going down, eating eight slices of bread, potatoes. I ate the wrong foods and I know I did, but I just couldn't cope at that time. Um, so I actually gained six stone in 10 months. So I went up to nearly 22 stone anyway, at like my heaviest. Um, and I lost then three stone again, same carry on, up and down, up and down. So when my son was two and a half, I reached out to my GP. I said, look, like... My doctor was actually after retiring when my son was one. So I was at a new GP. They didn't know who I was or what my struggles were. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Like I'm 20, I was 25, I think at the time. And I was like, I have no quality of life. Like, you know, I can't even look after my child. Like if I went to a playground, if he shot off, I wouldn't be able to catch him. You know, it was like, it was affecting everything. Um. Cleaning the house was a workout, you know, I used to be sweating, like. I used to say that at that time too, um, like, you, were, were you trying, like, you, you mentioned kind of like the, the shake diets previously, um, like, were you trying different kind of diets and exercise at that point too? Yeah, so every year, like, I lost, like, I'd say six stone three times, like, up and down, up and down. So that's before I went to my GP. I, done, I used to do Slim World every year, um, but, like, I'm an overeater, so Slim World isn't, I guess, two or three stone, but then the overeating would kick in because, you know, you can't eat yeah. X amount of food because, you know, it still all adds up, like, if you're not moving and calories in, calories out. Um, So I used to go to PT and things. So, like, I was always doing PTs because um, I'd have to be exercising and eating well for me to, to like I suppose to lose weight I wouldn't be able to just eat healthy because I'd always have to exercise to get me in the mood if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it does yeah I, I have to all be yeah. I have to all go together like um yeah. where some people can just ex like do you know calorie deficit and they fly it whereas I have to be more an overall aspect for me to lose weight 
So yeah, when I went to my doctor, I was like, look, I'm after training the diets. I was in PTs for years, like I've done milkshake diets, Slimming World. And I said, I can't keep a stable weight. I said, I go up and down three stone, like in a matter of weeks, like that's not normal. Um, So I was referred to Dublin uh, to the weight management clinic. So that's where you go if you have any weight issues that, you know, that are affecting your life basically. So I waited two years for an appointment. So I went up to Dublin, March 2019, and I was told, like, the end result is bariatric surgery. Uh, but I actually got very overwhelmed. I went, I remember going up there. I was 27 at the time. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't need this. There was people in there a lot heavier. There was these extra large doors, extra large chairs. But I was like, no, that's actually my reality. Like, you know, this is me in 10 years time if I don't actually do something. So they told me it could be in 68 years for surgery. So I was kind of disheartened about that. Like I was like, we dead by then. Like, um, so I went off home again. I was like, I don't need it. I'll go again, start again, try to lose weight. And so that was March. And then in July, uh, I worked as an SNA and during the summer it's child mind. Um and I remember being there with my own son and the two kids. So I had like three kids around the same age basically. They're all like four, five. And I was like, I should be down at the beach. And I'm literally just sweating and I'm sitting in a sitting room hiding away from the beautiful weather. And that was just like my turning point. I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. It's like it was just like a form of self-torture, like, you know, constantly I have to watch what I eat, and I have to do this, I have to do that, you know, I'm like, I need something more permanent, and I, it's not that I had to lose two to five stone, I had to lose like 10 plus stone, so I started researching um, surgery abroad, and I came across a clinic in Lithuania, um, and I ended up going there for my surgery, which was very daunting because I remember me and my mom went over and I was just terrified. Like the last time I was in surgery, I was in intensive care, you know, and I was automatically thinking the worst. So my emotions were heightened. Um, I actually told my GP that I was going abroad and they told me they basically wouldn't look after me, even though like it's in European country and there's a thing called cross-border directive now that you can actually get surgery done in Europe and get covered for it because the waiting lists are so long here which I didn't know about till nearly two years post-op. So I had my gastric bypass surgery in October 2019. So the day of surgery, I was 20 stone, five pounds. So my heaviest nearly 22. I had to go on a liver reducing diet. Uh, so you're basically reducing the fat around your liver because when they're going into the keyhole, you know, fatty liver can, it just can cause complications basically. Uh, so I was 20 stone, five pounds, uh, had the surgery and it was just like, what am I actually doing at the start? Um, came home after a week. I was just very emotional. Um, you know, something that I loved to do was taken from me. Um, that's another big thing, actually. I would have been in psychology, like psychologists after Shay was born because over the depression and things. So I would have done a lot of kind of therapy before surgery. Um, which is one thing like when you're getting surgery done in Ireland, that's part of the curriculum. Like you have to get third, like um, evaluation before you're approving to get surgery because, you know, like that, if something's taken away from you, transfer addiction is very high. Um, 
so like I was after getting the therapy done and stuff but I still struggled so it was just like you're going back to baby like you know I was liquids mushy food stage then onto salads took me about eight months I think to actually eat proper meat like chicken and it was all trial and error basically so the early days like you know I was tired uh trying to see what agreed with me um it was it was hard like you know and then it was done uh, like through the pandemic as well and kind of thankful in one sense because I wasn't missing out much um, but it was hard being at home with family and they're all eating like they would have normally yet and I just couldn't eat it, like, you know. How, um, how much did you lose from the, the surgery? So from the day of surgery to, say, like a year post-op, I lost like nine stone in eight, in like the year. Um, But I'm down like 11 and a half stone in total. Okay. Um, so like it's it's completely life-changing like you know I'm the lowest I got was like 10 stone and um, but obviously then with massive weight loss you have excess skin and um, so I have had skin removal and that's why I had like a tummy tuck skin on my arms removed breast lift like loose skin inside my armpits um yeah like it it saved my life but it's only a tool like I'm three and a half years post-op now and I can eat everything again like I tell people, you literally only have a fine window. Like I think the first 12 months, you're really in a calorie deficit and you're, you know, your calories are restricted. But from about a year and a half, two years, I definitely can eat more. Um, slide your foods in are basically chocolate, jellies, potatoes, biscuits, cakes, all the bad shit. Anything that dissolves in your mouth basically before you swallow. Like they're high calorie foods and... I could eat them all day long. Like if I'd sit down with a bowl of veg and my chicken, like normal dinner, I wouldn't be able to eat what I could eat in, like if I ate sweets because they just, they don't fill up your belly. Like, yeah. I have a question actually, uh, Leah, how, how do you compare, like, say from being your heaviest, like to what you're at now, like what's, what's life like? What are the comparisons looking back at like what you're, you're at your heaviest? So, like, my life in general is just being, I can't even describe it. Um, my whole outlook in life, like, I have actually went back and done a PT course in 2021. Um, so, I'm in SNA. I've done the PT course and just don't have time to get into it, being honest. Um, I'm just busy with life. I'm actually studying psychology at the moment. And I'm planning to go back to university in September. So, like... The ambition I have for the future is something I never had. So obviously my weight impacted like every aspect of my life. Whereas now like I'm more mobile, like, I can get up and go. You know, I'm now excited for the future. Like I still like every day, you know, I'm conscious of what I eat sometimes probably too much, but I never again want to end up where I am. Um, but I have to watch myself, you know, I exercise, I eat healthy. I'm very mindful of myself now, you know, I, I do a bit of yoga, meditation, like, because we have to look after ourselves. You know, it's one thing getting surgery, but you actually need to fix the inner you because there's obviously something inside. But I'm a very firm believer. Obesity definitely is a genetic thing, like, because I got fed exactly like what my brothers got fed. Um, and I ended up, you know, wanting more food. So it's something, I think, in the brain. Um, I'm actually getting assessed for ADHD. 
supposed to have my first appointment this week, but the doctor was sick. Um, and there's actually like a proven link as well with AD, ADHD and obesity in women, um, which is like a, a hit, like basically from your food. Like I crave food, like someone would crave a drug. Yeah. There definitely, like um, just from my own research in it, like there there definitely is uh, the genetic link as well. Like that's, um, it's it's proven like, so um, like just in terms of um, like, like people treating you different, like did they treat you different before and after did you find? Yeah, like I suppose in reality, like, you know, I remember being at the supermarket say, and your know, children can't lie, like they, they you know, it's, a child's facial expression. But like children who stare or, you know, you'd be getting looks like because when I was actually at my heaviest, I didn't even think I was that heavy. Strangely enough, I actually never pictured myself that size. Um, And like, you know, your weight doesn't define you. And, you know, I'm all about be confident and, you know, like love yourself and all that. But for me, like being obese it's not something I wanted and it's never about being skinny or to look a certain way it's actually about my health my life my future like my knees I'm only 31 my knees are and my hips are damaged already I know like when I lost weight it's like like why are my hips at me but I was like my body's obviously shifting up again because I was a bit off balance you know over like the right side of me is heavier than left because I I noticed that when I get measured um, and I was like, my hips, they were, it's just my body. It's mad what our bodies go through. Yeah. And I just don't think like I'm five foot, like my aunt died of a heart attack at 44. All my mom, they're all thin, they all have high cholesterol. There's just like very bad heart problems in the family. And for me, nearly losing my life at 22, having my son, I'm like, I don't, I do not want to go anytime soon. So it's like, I have to save my own life. And, you know, this is something I have to do for me and my life. Um, I don't regret it, you know, and I suppose like, there are so many people sharing weight loss surgery these days online. Well, like when I had my surgery, there was actually barely no one. I'd be like plaguing girls in America and England just for some advice and help. Um, but it's not something you do just because you want to lose two or three stone. This is like you like they could have severe complications after it. You know, you just don't know what can happen. Like I, I have girls message me that are really unwell. They can't eat, and that's the other side of it. You know, um, like for myself, I have no complications as such. I have IBS since I'm fifteen. Um, I find that does trigger. I am lactose intolerant. But I think I always was, but it's just worse now. Um, other than that, like I'm good, but who says down the line, you know, like you could suffer osteoporosis. I can't even say the word. <laughs> osteoporosis. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're more prone to these things, you know, lifelong vitamins. You have, you have, like I get my bloods checked every four to six months without fail. I actually moved to new GP and they're absolutely amazing. Um, so I have great support now. And that's another thing, like, you know, I suppose going abroad, I had no other choice. It's either I'd still probably be waiting for surgery and com- be completely miserable and probably unwell. Like, you know, I was lucky to get to a certain stage with no health complications due to my weight. And reality is that's what happens, you know, as you get older, like regardless of your weight or not, but you're obviously more prone to these issues. Like, 
and a big thing kind of about going abroad now like um like you know you'd see it with um just like the like the hair transplant and like the turkey teeth kind of like that i think that's what people have in their head when they think kind of going abroad um like a big thing is like the aftercare um like was there kind of aftercare after it and like how how was like the whole treatment over there so like i've actually had all my surgeries with the same clinic but they're like sister clinics so like i had five year follow-up with nord bariatrics so i'm three and a half years post-op now so i can like message the surgeon on whatsapp if i had any concerns and if I ever need to go back and say to do exams, they check me straight away. But in the end of the day, your like our Irish hospitals, they have a duty of care regardless. Um, but you know, you can understand there's so many complications. You just have to be so careful where you go. You need to do your research. Cheaps options not always the best. Like I think I was mine was six and a half grand, and I actually got six thousand euro back from the HSE. Um, because I was on the wait list, so I actually applied a year and a half post that. And I was very lucky to get the money back. Very grateful, thank God. Um, so there is a thing called cross-border. Like people get their hips done and cataracts. They, everything is the rage these days. But you just have to be so careful. Um, and like I've heard horror stories, but like things can happen anywhere. You know, like I, I went in to have my baby and had an infection, nearly lost my life. So at the end of the day, I wouldn't. That's one thing I know for myself. You know, you can take um, an expert's advice but they're not living your life you know sometimes people need to do things for them and like you know yesterday like like I knew I was ready like I was after doing like a lot like I even say to people it took me 10 years from when shit hit the fan to where I am now it wasn't overnight you know I am not the same person I was even three years ago I'm a lot like mentally stronger physically you know, I look after myself. There's a lot you have to do, like inner work. Like that's the biggest thing I think. That's that's um that's very important. Like you know, doing things for yourself. And when you before you went and actually got the surgery, did you have people saying like, "Oh no, you shouldn't do that," or whether was there backlash with that? Um, my family were very supportive because they've seen the struggle. You know, um, I suppose people in general because I was very open and honest, like you know, online or whatever. People say, oh, sure, what are you doing that for? It's quick fix and the usual carry on. But I'm like, people shouldn't have an opinion on something they've never experienced. You know, who is someone to judge someone when they don't know what it's like or to live in that situation? Yeah. Like me or any of us judging someone else for them doing a certain thing. Um, Yeah, like it's not like I, it has saved my life, changed my life. I've, I'm looking forward to my future, but you have to be very careful. It's not a quick fix. This is your life, you know, Um, you can get the surgery, but if you don't change how you are, like, I, I didn't, I'm not going to lie, I used to eat shit, I used to do anything when I was bad, but now I'm changed. If I carried on doing what I'd done three years ago, then I wouldn't be maintaining my weight. Yeah. I'll be yeah. back to square one, you know, and reality is people do actually regain and they might have to get revisions as well and like get surgery again um, because their stomach stretches again. Your stomach goes back to normal. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say mine's normal. Um, like my portion, like capacity now is like, say, a bowl of food. So I mean, like yeah. a cereal bowl, that's that's my dinner size as well. Like 
but I could eat then like five times a day. So I'd be more, I'd eat little and often. So, yeah. And with that, that kind of emptiness feeling, like is, is that, do you still get that from time to time? Oh, like I, I get hungry now, like, and I still am an emotional eater. It's still there. And um, so that's why I'm interested now with the ADHD, like, cause being honest, um, if they do, if I do get diagnosed, I probably will try medication just because I have a four year degree coming my way. And I just need to be able to concentrate. Like I'm, I'm saying, I'm after doing everything now, losing the weight. I exercise, eat healthy, and I feel like there's still something. Even though we all probably have mad streak, but you know. <laughs> uh, but no, ADHD is like very common in my family. Like I have younger cousins all medicated and diagnosed. So it'd be just interesting to see because they, I've done research and it's like the food, like when you have medication, you're not as hungry. So I don't know if that's the part of my brain that's linked I don't know we'll see that's just another journey <laughs> you'll have to come back again and tell us I know <laughs> a little cliffhanger um uh, just like my kind of experience um and I, I don't have much kind of just on in terms of what what I study but um like it it definitely isn't built out enough in this country like that the services really aren't there like the specialists aren't there in this country um like i think even in the uk that they're they're only kind of coming like up to kind of pace with it so like we, i i think in this country we'll definitely be waiting like another while for it um and yeah. like is, is that kind of what your experience is like do you think they're they're kind of way oh behind? like i kind of go to um obesity like um there's this group so it's basically just like talk about obesity you know they're i can't think the name i'm blanking it's with Lachlanstown in A, but Lachlanstown and Galway are the only hubs in Ireland for weight management, and that's absolutely disgraceful. Um, for me to even travel to Dublin, like that—that that should like I should be able to go in Cork, you know. But they are going to be running hubs throughout the country, um. So that's I'm actually going to study social work. So I'm hoping, please God, maybe in the future I might even get a job with the HSE supporting in that area. Um, you know, weight management and supporting patients, obviously, but like it's only going to get worse. Like, you know, my mom was only telling me they're like actually boys are higher than girls now with obesity in children. That's probably like more game gaming online now and things. But I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, it's 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 awful because I know I've lived the life of being an obese child. Um. And there's just not enough support, you know, it's kind of a thing, oh, do that, do this. But I know the Ozempic, you know, the new injection, they're actually running that to children now. I think teenagers are going to be able to get it as well. And I actually know people personally on it um, and like it is working, but, you know, I don't think. It's like a, a Zempic, um, like it, it's it's becoming more and more part of the conversation, like like surgery is as well too, um, like, like the like first, all, it's like the first step. Now they're trying. Yeah, yeah, um, like it, all the time, like I I feel myself just kind of in in history that like it it like weight management was just kind of looked at from just a, a lifestyle and health perspective um like i suppose there is kind of a point where like it does need to to be treated like with surgery and and um like with the ozempic then too but i think what they try to do is is really kind of push the lifestyle and and kind of health side as much as they can first just to be yeah. sure that like the the surgery and and medication is needed um, i just think it's hard for someone though if you are say 30 stone like yeah. i mean my head is 22 stone 
hard to tell someone go to eat this certain amount of like with the Ozempic. I know people know that'll be heavy on it, and it does like their appetite has gone way down. So that obviously will help them not overeating, and then you get more mobile. You know, obviously. So I think maybe it's a good start. Like it seems to be killing the cravings for the foods. Yeah, like it's it's good. Yeah, like it 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 works in reducing appetite and. Um, like the the main thing, like there there are side effects, I suppose, with the Ozempic too. Mm. Like a lot of people do feel kind of nausea for a day or two, and it, it wipes them out for for two days in terms of eating. So like like there is like even with the the surgery, like you were mentioning, like the, there is going to be side effects with medical intervention that way. Um, it's just like does the the positive kind of weigh up the negative side of that like then too and like in in these cases it does um i think like but it's great that you're coming at it still from the point that you still do have to have to change in terms of diet and and exercise and it's great that you're you're making those changes too it's very it's very positive like um because I, I I still think they're they're needed just as much as well too kind of afterwards um like you kind of discussed well I suppose it's like anyone, you know, if you eat healthy and exercise, you know, you're training, you're going to get the results you want. Yeah. So if you get surgery and continue to eat bad, you're not going to get the results you want. Exactly. And that's that's just how life is. It is a tool. So you work with your tool. And then another thing is like, you see people like I could be, I could have a twin sister, which would be the same starting weight, same everything, but I could lose more than her. So we can never compare ourselves to other people because we're not them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you have to go with your own journey. You know, it's very hard like to not compare yourself if you want to be a certain way, but you know, your body's your own. If you're doing a hundred percent, then you know you're doing enough and that should be good enough. And like, you know, I suppose I always say to people like I was always willing to go to even overeating anonymous if I found I'm getting out of hand again. Like there is more therapy things available these days. Um, I was actually looking at this place in Cork there now. They kind of do like just the eating kind of management thing as well. But like they're all things you have to pay for. Some people don't have the money for. So it should be readily available from the HIC like. So hopefully they need to just change the system and have support out there for people as well like. I even think just like the the language around it too is is like improving a lot like I know like it mightn't be from GPs like a lot of people I I talk with have like crazy stories about GPs and stuff like that but um like it it is great to see a little kind of switch in terms of how we're even talking around weight management too like because and I think doctors are learning not patients so you know like if they were kind of against it, like like my new GPs, I like I go to see whoever's available because they're always busy. God love them, and like they're like, oh, do you know they be, and then they might say, oh, I had a girl. So like, it's everyone's learning. Yeah, yeah, we've come a long way, but like, there's still a long way to go, kind of with it, I suppose. Um, and like, like, is there any kind of like, if you were to give one advice to someone that was considering it now at the moment, or like, is there a commonly asked question that that comes up a lot, um, in terms of people asking you, like, what would you say to someone that was looking to to kind of go abroad and and go for surgery? Well, going abroad, I would just like highly recommend definitely speaking with a therapist, psychologist, or someone before going abroad, just so that you are okay like mentally because when something you love is taken away from it like I have people messaging me like that they're getting fond of alcohol drugs so like it's it's like 
it's transfer addiction is very high basically um so like you know make sure you just have a support system even if it's just a friend that you know you can ring I'm not feeling okay you know just have things set up it's not easy like you'll have 12 months there of probably regret maybe you know in a good and bad days you know you're probably tired you might be sick like I just get sick sometimes that often like there's dumping syndrome with uh, bariatric I don't get dumping syndrome what I do get well I suppose I do but not bad um actually happened me last week as well when I finished work um like my blood sugars dropped like and I'd probably nearly collapse like I had to eat straight away but I don't know why that happened because it didn't happen in a long time but if I ate something like with high carbohydrates actually ate like a battered fish from Iceland and mushy peas or something and I literally went into like a food coma I couldn't keep my eyes open so that's what happens to me I get really tired and I literally have to sleep it off um that's kind of like I get stomach cramps sometimes but it's just a journey and everyone is different but it has saved my life and it has changed my life in so many ways that I'm so grateful for the life I have now and I'm just so glad that I'm like I'm here and I'm actually enjoying living my life like I was just existing once upon a time I had no ambition I had no goals I had no nothing and um, so it takes a lot of work and that's just in our self-work like yeah the last question I have actually um is your current relationship with exercise what, what's that like at the moment so I actually would be, I go now to PTs and I'm joining the gym, obviously. So I find myself, I'm hard, it's hard to motivate myself. Yeah. Um, but I was very kind of sick the last few weeks. So I try to do PTs like two, twice a week. Um, but I get out walking and things. So I just do it. It depends. I'm either all or nothing. So that's another thing why I'm trying to get assessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either like flat the mat, like three to five days a week and I fly in it or else I just hit a wall um, but I'm always conscious I'm always like I go to classes and things PTs or I'll do my own thing nice brilliant yeah um, yeah like it's 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 very impressive like um, it's great that that you um, like you've changed your life around and you, you seem like really happy now and stuff like which is great um just um yeah like that's that's kind of everything for me like um where's where's kind of the best place i suppose for people to find you on socials um i'm only on instagram so it's just leah punch on instagram so if you see anything on facebook or tiktok it's not me because there's a lot of scammers going around using my pictures for like weight loss <laughs> stay away from tiktok anyway oh please <laughs> like yeah. And are you open to asking, I mean, are you open to answering questions like from people like if Yeah, they're... I always like I very I shared everything. I actually recently just had to delete like loads of my content because they have all my pictures, like before and after videos of like wait, I don't know what they're doing. I just give up at this stage. There's no per- <laughs> like that's sort of thing. You put something online, it's there forever, grand. But um I just put my name across any new content. Um but I yeah, I answer most stuff like so. Once, if they put it, like, I get so many messages, but if it's regarding weight loss surgery, just kind of mention that to start, so I kind of pop in and out and I try to help as much as I can, like. Yeah, I mentioned podcasts at the start and, and you, you jumped right on the message anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love doing things like this, like, because, you know what, it's like, it just, if I can help another person, and I have helped loads already, I'm just a normal girl, like, you know, yeah. 
I'm just living my life and if I can do it anyone can and I promise that like yeah and I, I love this area as well too like so um it's it's been yeah it's been a pleasure kind of learning more about it like just for myself because I'd get questions on it and like I sure, would like bar a bariatric dietitian you now you'd be they're screaming for them I'd say yeah yeah like but it, it's still it, it has to be developed a lot more um yeah um but yeah um thanks for for coming on and answering the questions um and this has been the four pillars of health podcast